0: Mm -hmm. New journeys are arriving right here on Earth every moment, and we can hardly wait to get started with our amazing guest, Sheldon Nidle. He's been on with us before, and we've always enjoyed what he has to say. Today we'll be to live on the edge, journeying with him as he shares knowledge directly from the Galactic Federation and Spiritual hierarchy through his etherical and physical implant in order for him to directly receive messages. Sheldon does not channel his messages. He's an author, lecturer, physicist, and a UFO ET representative and has thoroughly and carefully been educated by the Galactic Federation. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. We are pre-taping our show on today, Tuesday,
1: with Sheldon, as he's too busy to be with us live on Thursday, December the 19th, which is his webinar day, by the way, at 6 p.m., so you can actually still sign up if you would like to be with all of us on that day. We'll give the web address out so that you can do that in just a little bit. In the meantime, we have Sheldon presently captured on the other end of the phone line, and we'll be asking him more about Earth's hidden history that he's been totally blessed to receive since a young age, viewing life in a truth-based package. I bet that he wondered what he was getting himself into when he was younger. That would be so awesome to share as he grew older, especially with all of his journeys that he's taken and it, it's been quite a path.
0: Well, Sheldon is the founder of the Planetary Activation Organization with over 2,500 registered groups worldwide. Their philosophy is to empower the individual in order to transform the world. Hi Sheldon, we just got through introducing you. How are you today?
2: I am I am doing great.
0: Oh. All right.
2: <laughs> oh, that's right. We're at the beginning of all of this, right?
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: we are. Oh god. You didn't tell <laughs> Sorry. Well, <you> know what? <laughs> my we, my fault. We,
1: well, we just introduced you and you know, we are so fortunate to have you with us. You know, it just kind of Sets up a whole new signal of knowing that we we're we have a whole new life to begin on our planet, and it's just coming around the the bend really quick. And and I, you know, um, at times I'm finding that I read words, Sheldon, and those words do not sink in. then all of a sudden they open up and I guess it's just like the veils part and you see a whole new view of life. I'm sure others probably have the same experience, but I just keep thinking that I need some new headgear to be attached. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I know the feeling. I know the feeling. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um, So my first question to you today is what is... The Galactic Federation of Stellar Nations. How huge is this is this federation?
2: Well, the, the Galactic Federation of Light has a, a union between the various uh, galaxies that exist, and there are literally, from the last I heard, of tens of thousands of galaxies in the immediate vicinity of our galaxy that are interlinked, and as a result of that, they have regular meetings with one another and they have these huge assemblies and they go from one planet in a star system in one galaxy to a, to another one and so they're continually moving from uh, time to time from one meeting place in one galaxy to another and they talk about all kinds of issues that deal with the nature of the change going on in our entire physicality as well as the various things going on within various areas of commonality that each of the various uh, galactic organizations have, and so they're continually talking with one another, and also because of the amount of energies involved with it all, one of the things that they are doing with this, which they don't normally do a lot with uh, the regular, for instance, Galactic Federation in this particular galaxy, is deal a lot with the so-called non-corporal beings. You know, there's there's like five or six major dimensions where people are in a, a degrees of physical state. And when you get above the six, you start getting into beings that are of higher and higher energies Till when you're up around the eighth or ninth degree of dimensions, you're really almost like an angelic being. You don't really have a form. You don't really have a, sh- a physical shape. And so these beings act as intermediaries between heaven and the physical selves like ourselves, whether they're limited conscious beings as we are right now or fully conscious beings as the people that I've been uh, acting as an emissary for at this world. Sheldon, so no, we
0: I, can't hear you,
2: and no, I hear a I hear lot like of
0: noise a, like in behind. Like a TV or something like that? Like there's something
1: going on, and you're not talking loud enough for us.
2: Okay, okay. All right, well, I'll hold it really close this time
1: yeah uh, because we can't hear you, and we really- and there's there's a TV or something going on behind you that's interweaving with us
2: interweaving wow
1: yeah I mean, do you have anything going on
2: <coughs> Well, I don't know what it was there uh maybe it was because uh Colleen had a phone, and I had a phone. I don't know I don't know if that
1: okay was... well, what yeah, I'm it's saying is away now?
2: Yeah okay, yeah. okay. It's
1: okay. on. Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. So, okay. so. um. So when I'm looking at the the Galactic Federation of Stellar Nations, I it it just it's so huge. I didn't realize that it was so huge like this. I I don't know what made me. I mean, we have galaxies. We have what, well, we have what millions of galaxies.
2: Well, you have to realize that there are as many galaxies in physicality as there are stars in this particular galaxy. And that's a hundred billion billion stars. So think of a hundred billion billion galaxies, each having a hundred billion billion stars or more. And you immediately realize that we're talking about a level of numbers that is not just mind-boggling, but goes farther than that it's almost incomprehensible in the amount of beings involved in it. Then then you begin to see the vastness uh, that the Creator has spread out across physicality, the vastness of forms of life in all its various aspects that we have here, not just in this galaxy, but throughout physicality. And just remember that physicality is pretty much infinite in terms of the various types of space that we have here. So we have realities that are in unbelievable numbers, and those realities are spread in almost equally unbelievable numbers. Let's just use the old phrase infinite to express the amount of things going on here. So we have a scenario of stars and stars and stars in these galaxies of all different types. You know, you have, you have all kinds of galaxies. You have spiral galaxies like the Andromeda, which is the closest galaxy to us, or else our own Milky Way galaxy. You have what are also called globulars, which are, look like huge balls. And then there are all different kinds of clustered galaxies. So you look at this, And you see the infinity of form. You see the magnificence of life in all its many forms. And you see how huge this all is. And then you begin to see that what you are is a part of all of this. Because each living being throughout all of this, this vastness, is connected to you. Every living thing is directly connected to each other living thing no matter what the nature of the distances physically are. So as you look through all of that, you begin to see not only the vastness and the magnificence and the unbelievable amount of types of life that exist throughout physicality, but you begin to see all the different types. You go from beings that are almost angelic to beings that are very dense, even denser than we are. And so, as you begin to see all of that, and you sense it in your mind, you begin to totally see the, the immensity of it all. And when we say that, then life comes in all sizes and shapes and types. You see that.
1: Well, I think I think what what I what I just like kind of wanted to fall over. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It like each. Each galaxy, there's millions of suns. I mean, I, I never even thought of there being millions of suns with, with their billions of planets and stars. And I remember you saying one time that stars have lots, of, each star has a planet. I mean, they have planets around them. And I'm going, I mean, that is just insurmountable in the brain. It, it is just like, how can you even imagine? And then all of these these planets, they have some kind of form of life. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, is that real or what?
2: Remember, um, every, on, top of, on top of that, test, every every planet is a living being. Every sun is a living being. And the ecologies on each one of these planets are vast and depend upon the nature of how that living planet has decided to represent itself as both an inner and an outer surface, because remember, all planets and all stars are hollow. They're all based on being created through very common principles of vortex physics. And so as you understand all of that and you see that, you say, wow, there's this immense grand plan that has created all this stuff. And when you look in the night sky and you see all these amazing pieces of light these little spots of light, the majority of those are stars just in the near part of our galaxy that we can see with the naked eye. And with a telescope, these fainter dots of light that you can't see become galaxies. And so as you look at all of this and you see this across the vastness that is space, you see that all we are seeing is aspects of this energy, There's a vast energy, we can call it, to use the misnomer that physics on this world has called it, zero-point energy. It's the energy of creation. And all that dark stuff that you see in between all these little dots of light is energy. There's no vacuum in space. It's a misnomer. What we have instead is energies. And these vast energies exist in many different types, but they key the core of all of this is the zero point energy as a matter of fact if you were to look up modern physics will even tell you that over 95 percent of all the stuff you see out there is dark energy or dark matter and all that stuff is is no more than zero point energy so when you look at that just think of what the creator has done on all these many different levels to create these many different forms of energy out of this one major incredible energy, which is, uh, as I said, has this misnomer. I'd like to rather, instead of calling it zero-point energy, I would like to call it creation energy or just space energy. And, of course, space is another misnomer because there really isn't any space. But I'm just... Just so that people have something to wrap their minds about, so to speak. And one of the things that I am doing on Thursday evening is looking at all of this and I'm looking at uh, what all of this is about and so we are looking we are looking at energy and the power for transformation that's the title of what we're we're doing and what I'm going to do is describe the many different forms and types so that people can can get a better idea of what this energy is what is it made of how does it transform and how does that relate to who and what we are so that we can not only see the movement of this energy through physicality and through heaven and then look at the applications of it how do we use this energy how can we even get into meditations to use this energy to aid the healing of ourselves and that's what I'm going to be talking about so energy by itself is what we are because our physical bodies are made of of matter matter is no more than a denser form once again of this energy of creation the zero point energy so all our atoms and our molecules and every aspect of who and what we are is ultimately when you break it down its energy but energy within a specific pattern life by itself has a pattern so each one of us has a soul energy The soul energy comes together with the energy around it and creates a life contract for any one life and then adopts a specific form, a shape, and lives that life. And then when we become fully conscious beings, we take all the other aspects of who what we are, which is our spiritual, physical, and emotional selves, and we can integrate that. So our body ceases to become this thing that's aging, this dense thing that we barely know how to control, it it becomes something else. It becomes an adjunct of who we are, of who and what we are. And then we can do what we all talk about, which is the ascension process, which is simply when a certain time comes with our life contract, we raise up the densities of our physical self and we take that with us at its highest level. Right now, because of the nature of the fact that we are not fully integrated beings we do not have the capability when we reach a point in our body ages and it can no longer support ourselves we die and our energy leaves many people who are more sensitive can actually feel when that energy is leaving us it's a very small amount of the total physical weight of our body but what we're having moving towards right now is where that entire physical body can actually, at a certain point, and not because of aging, that's a process dealing with the nature of who we are as a limited conscious being, but when we are a fully conscious being, we take that energy, we just raise it up with our physical angelic guardians, and we just leave for where we originally came from, which is that aspect of heaven where we go. And all of us know that place, because we are always greeted when we die by people who are from that area. We, we usually interact with one another in certain groups that are parts of various administrations in heaven, of certain souls that are assigned to those particular areas, and so we return. Then we go through a period of rejuvenation, and if we are meant to come back to a certain place as part of our process of moving every forward and expanding the various aspects of how our physicality relates to the energies of spirit, then we return. It's a whole different concept. And when you begin to interact as I did when I was a kid with those beings that live in that particular reality instead of the reality that we live in, the one of birth, living, aging, and then dying, you see a whole different aspect. They have a wisdom that is really angelic-like, and it's a it's not so much emotional as it's, I call it super emotional. They understand the nature of the full aspect of our various emotions, of loving and caring and all that. They, they are fully balanced out. They understand the nature of why they're here. They understand the life contract that they're living this particular lifetime on. And they know what they need. And when they deal with each other especially when they have a relationship between one of them and uh, and another, a closeness, as it's called up there, uh, their relationship is based on that expansion of that love and caring and using each other's energies and internal divine wisdoms to understand it better so that each lifetime expands upon that wisdom, expands upon it to produce what even the the ancient Mayans used to call uh, tum, which is the so-called Diamond crystal clear mind, and that is that is what all of us as beings are working toward, whether we're fully conscious beings or limited conscious beings. We understand innately the importance of fully understanding the immensity of the wonders that the Creator has given us in all its various different forms, whether it be heaven and the spiritual aspects, or the physicality aspects that we as physical angels deal with every day.
1: Yeah, so let the me Earth just th- ask you a question here and interject a little bit. I, when I began thinking about all of these galaxies and all of these planets, and and I'm thinking the evolution. Are we all evolving at the same time, or you know? And where is our planet in this aspect of evolving compared to other planets? Um, I. You know, I'd kind of like you to answer that.
2: Okay, let's start out with the planets. All planets, all systems in physicality are evolving in one way or another. That's the first thing. Second of all, now let's talk about about Gaia, about Earth. Earth is a very special place. The ancient Greeks had a word for planet that we can translate into English, which is wanderer. Planets are the wanderers. They almost innately the Greeks understood some of the basic wisdoms that are the core for understanding both higher and lower levels of thinking in in spirit. And they understood deeply with their spiritual science that they had, such as it would be, that planets were special, that they were living beings, they understood that. That they wandered most of them understood that they wandered around the sun the greeks had an innate idea that the earth wandered around the sun but it also understood that the earth was very special when i was getting my education when i was younger i discovered that the earth actually has within it a singularity and that it was actually a migrant world it formed the galaxy with the seed This seed was then put into a more dormant state it wandered for billions of years across this galaxy, and at the appropriate time, it chose this solar system to enter, and it became a planet in it. And of course, originally it was the fourth planet from the sun. The first planet was Vulcan. It will be coming back. But the important thing now is to look at, is to look at the Earth. Look at Gaia. With that special point, because of that, she has always been honored by the people in the Galactic Federation as the mother of all this galaxy. So she is considered the most special of all the billions of planets that exist within this galaxy. And so we have, being on the surface, when we become fully conscious, have a very, very special stewardship to attend to, which is why humans on this planet originally came here. We're part of an experiment that caused us to descend temporarily into this amnesia like craziness called limited consciousness but within it we still have this this uh, mist or which we can change it into myth about who we are and one of the things that has always been said in these myths whether it's ancient Egypt or Samari or Shimaria or ancient Hinduism or China, etc., even the Americas, one of the things that they have always said was that the greatest civilizations, the more advanced civilizations, were in the past. That we're actually doing what von Humboldt figured out. Von Humboldt figured out that planetary civilizations decline, and they move over a period of time that the people within them, as they forget, they move into limited consciousness, they forget about who they are. They remember some things it's kind of like a person who has had a accent that affected his mind and you remember certain things you understand certain things but majority of it you've forgotten and you can't quite put two and two together to make four so to speak and that's where we are with this limited consciousness so we're open to people saying things to us that leave us to worrying about what is right and what is wrong and worrying whether we're doing the right or we're, un, without knowing it, doing the wrong. And so we, we wander about not really truly understanding, attempting to the best of our abilities to do so. That's righteous. And the result of all of that is we, we go through a crazy life and eventually, because we are in limited consciousness, we age, all of us do that, and at a certain point, if we were to continue onward, we will be gone. We will pass on to a fully spiritual aspect. We will let go of our mortal self, the physical self. But what I see is an ascension for humanity, and I see that particular aspect ending. One of the things that, as always for humanity, has been a gigantic horror story for especially young people is death, because it's unnatural. Human beings, in their fullest conscious state, do not die. They ascend. They reach a certain point where they get so full of knowledge and wisdom that they fulfill all the basic aspects of their life contract that they decide it's time to move on. And they take all the stuff that they have with them, body, mind, emotions, and spirit, and they go. They pass into a higher dimension, into heaven. And this is what we keep wanting to do, but unfortunately the only stuff that we can manifest is the very minimum, which is the spiritual aspects. The rest of that stuff leaves us when we, when we, when we die and move back up into heaven. So what we need to understand as we look at energy, as we look at ourselves, is to realize that that promise that we know is deep inside of us is going to return. We are in a period of time right now where we are going to be permitted for an ascension and that ascension will come after contact and we are now at the very edges of that contact. So when we look around and we see what's going on in our planet, we see these great changes going on, we see these great changes going on in heaven, we see it going on in our oceans, There are rising of seabeds all around the world which indicate that two ancient continents that were a part of this ancient great civilization past of ours, Atlantis and Lemuria, are rising. And then there's a third one. Indian scientists discovered that there's a third one in the Indian Ocean, which is actually the original Sri Lanka. The ancient tales of all the great Indian, meaning Hindu, mythologies talk about this great land of Sri Lanka, this land off the coast of India. So Ceylon, ancient Ceylon, calls itself that in honor of those great Hindu tales. But what we have to realize is that all of this is happening because the surface of our planet is changing. The very nature of our atmosphere is shifting. So our oceans are changing. The seabed is rising. The very nature of how the surface of this planet is put together is altering. And likewise, for people who do research and studies, they are discovering that our cells, we are entering new chakras, new energy systems are coming into our bodies. We are preparing for a great leap forward, a great leap forward in which we once again are permitted to reintegrate our physical, spiritual, emotional, mental selves. And this all comes together. And that's what we're doing right now, is making this great, incredible change. So just as you hear uh, voices, channelings from people who represent not only people within this galaxy, but also others, and the great unions that now exist, all physical life on this great, incredible physicality reality are moving together. This is a time when the light is allowing for life again to come together in its many mirrored forms so that all of us can come together and understand this great connection that exists between all of us because all of us are part of this grand life collective on one level and on another level we are individuated selves, the people that we know who we are because we live with ourselves every day and we see around us other individuated selves which we have relationships with or who we have our acquaintances or friends of us, whatever. And then there are this incredible amount of beings that exist throughout this galaxy that have come here who know the basic aspects of what's happening. And there are also the Agarthans and then Earth. The Agarthans are the fully conscious people of this planet. They are the last remnant of ancient Lemuria. They understand that the time has come for them to come up again and reunite with the other part of this earth family that we are all a part of. It's time for all of us to come back together again. This you might call this time of humanity and of all life throughout the endlessnesses of physicality as the great gathering of light. There is a great gathering going on. This gathering is allowing all of us to re-experience one another, to understand who and what we are, and to see the relationship of what we are to the Creator's divine plan. And that's what's happening right now. So you will see groups that represent, like, for instance, the Pleiadians or the Andromedans or the Syrians, etc., that are part of this galaxy, but there are also peoples coming in from other galaxies. When I was, a, when I was younger and I was first starting in this about 20 years ago, I got to meet somebody who was actually a being from another galaxy. And so one of the great tragedies of this limited conscious existence of ours is that we have governments that hide all this stuff from us and don't allow for the the world to understand that, A, we are not alone... B, we are part of a great union of life that exists not only across this galaxy but other galaxies, but that there has been a pattern over decades and millennia where all these different aspects have looked at one another, either as observing from, a, from not a direct contact but an indirect one or a more direct one. And one of the things that we need to understand is that this is happening there is an energy of life in its mirrored forms across this entire galaxy. And I can't say it enough times for people to fully grasp that one thing, that we are part of an incredible, unbelievable varieties of life. One of the things- Let
1: me ask you, is, sure. there, is there ever an ability or ever a time when all of these um, beings from different uh, uh, galaxies actually get together like a theater in the round and, and discuss things about the whole, the whole universe itself?
2: There are emissaries from different galaxies, thousands of them, that get together with tens of thousands of other galaxies and come together, as I said at the beginning, in stars and planets, come together and discuss these things because they can come not only as a physical self, but as a spiritual being. And so they combine together, because they don't have to really get in a a spaceship or even travel distances, they have the ability to come together when they so wish as a conference and do this, talk to one another directly and discuss matters of the highest import to them and interact with it. In other words, have discussions, talk about what they know, have their great wise men and wise women in these particular societies come with them and interact with one another and get a better idea of, you might say, getting a flavor not only of what's going on with life in this, in this galaxy and other galaxies, but exactly how is a divine plan unfolding in all of physicality? What is really happening? What is going right.
1: on yeah, exactly, but, uh, what about the evolution of all of these these um infinite um, uh, being or beings or from all these ga- galaxies are are they evolved to the same extent, or I mean how do we fit into that? How evolved are we compared to them
2: well we as a, as a civilization, our limited consciousness, we are far down the totem pole in the in the consciousness. The, the Agarthans are fully conscious, so they're much higher. But what we have is this incredible ability. All of us are in our core of our souls, are fully conscious beings. All of us are that. What we need to do is to find a way to have others help us to finish off the, the procedure, the operation, to integrate all ourselves back again get rid of all the stuff that has been put in us that hinders our abilities to do this and become fully conscious beings again. When we do that, we will take on responsibilities to be not only guardians of this planet and of the solar system, but of this entire galaxy. And ultimately, that means you interact with others who have that similar mission from other galaxies. And then you will feel the energies And you will be bathed in the light of this great wisdom. And that is one of the greatest things. One of the things that Washta told me when I was a kid was the amazing wonders that exist out there. One of the things that the Galactic Federation has done for millennia is what we're talking about here, interacting not only with other parts of our galaxy, but interacting with other galaxies themselves to the point where the last time I got a formal amount, we were up to about forty to 50,000 different galaxies that we had interacted with that are you know close to us. And we have to realize that there are as many galaxies, as I just said, as there are stars in this particular galaxy. So you've got at least 100 billion, billion galaxies in the, this sector of physicality. And when you look at that number... As I said, it, the immensity of it makes it almost incomprehensible to, to a human being to understand how many beings that is. I mean, we're not talking about trillions of beings or quadrillions of beings. We're, we are talking about uh, so many beings of unbelievable amount of them. I mean, I mean we're talking about... Uh, uh, the so millions, we're talking about unbelievable numbers. I mean, the zeros are in the hundreds, the thousands, after that one. So you, you, you have to just kind of, I guess, call it infinite, because we as human beings, even when we're fully conscious, interacting with that many beings, we look at it and we say, think of the mind of the Creator that has taken all of this stuff and unified it and made it possible for it to exist and you look at that and you you then get to see the immensity the absolute beauty of creation and this and this energy is constantly evolving with one another
1: i I, I, um, I guess are we the are we the least conscious of all of these um these beings that are there, and if that's the case, okay, you've talked about going into the chambers, but in the meantime, um, you know, our bodies are still carbon. Um, When I talked with you, I I asked you a question, okay, um, I guess they're preparing to become crystalline in structure, uh, crystalline in form, but um, it's like, this process seems like if we're a low man on the totem
2: pole
1: <laughs> out of all these galaxies. I, I'm going, okay, was there a purpose for all of this?
2: There's infinite purposes in, in the Creator's plans for all of this. We are entering the next stage of our change. And yes, when we become fully conscious, we get what, we, what I like to call a star tetrahedron, a 12-sided RNA DNA. And that will flower into a crystalline form. But the important for us right now is to understand all of that is a part of our immediate future. We are changing. Each and every one of us is feeling these changes in our energies. That's why the amount of light workers operating on this planet increases every, every day. That's why the amount of children with more and more having psychic abilities happens every day. Every day millions of them are being born. So what we have around us is what I like to call the fertile foundation for all this change. And the foundation is growing and moving upward. So what we, what we need when we look around is to understand is we are reaching that, transi- that transcendental point, that threshold point, when it all changes. That's why we see in the night sky all these funny-looking stars, which are really the Galactic Federation ships. They are telling us they are here. They are telling us that the time is almost there for them to interact and intervene directly because we need the final help of, of another group of fully conscious beings to move us across. One of the things that you will read in just about every major religious work is the fact that heaven's job is to be a guardian, is to be that being, that essence that comes to soothe, to change, and to hope you in, hope you understand the nature of this change itself. There is within us a seed, I call it the hope seed, where we say to ourselves i wish i could do that and what they say is you can we will give you every instrument required by the creator for you to shift and they want us to shift it's not just a desire that they have willy-nilly it's a basic aspect of the divine plan and so what we see happening right now is that this change is happening and the point where it becomes so overwhelming that it cannot be ignored anymore is I call it just about there and so what we need to do is to just come together in a collective way and use our great energies as collective beings to just you might say like a boat just push it inland so that it docks properly so that's what we are that's what we are doing we are making it possible for our civilization the light workers to be docked properly, so that it can transform and become this great civilization that it was meant to be. We are on the verge of fulfilling who and what we really are. I had an
1: individual ask me last night: Are there um, are there other um, galaxies that are of free will like ours? And um, and and what does and okay, we've we've been given free will, but certainly there's a lot of chaos in in this. In well,
2: this there's galaxy. responsibilities.: There's responsibilities to and One of the things that you will learn when you become fully conscious is the immensity of your responsibilities as a living being to other living beings and to the divine plan that is of the best interest for all living human beings and all other kinds of beings. You are going to understand that fully. It's something that you comprehend. It's just like now. All of us can speak English to one another. When Mm -hmm. you are fully conscious, you speak this full consciousness to one another. You understand it innately. You have no worries about the meanings of it. You know what they are. And that's what we we are entering. We are on the verge right now of reaching... Full consciousness and when that does, that changes forever who and what you are. You understand is that like a near
0: death experience?
2: Well you know, it's like better we than a near it's better than a near death experience because you don't have to have your heart and your body uh zone out. What you have instead is your body actually improves immensely. All the stuff that we have in us that causes us to age, all the stuff that keeps us from fully understanding The nature of this full consciousness, it goes away. And the proper sequencing in our various RNA DNA then reaches a point where we have a flashover, and we immediately develop multi-strands to the point where these strands form together, create a star tetrahedron, and the star tetrahedron explodes, and we have what I like to call this magical flower of life, this crystalline RNA, DNA, that then transforms our entire beingness and we become integrated beings. We are become physical angels. And when all of that happens, the densities within our bodies, the in abilities of certain parts of our body to integrate with other parts of our body go away. We become, we become this amazing whole and we have complete control over all the aspects of who we are. So we then youth down to our first age when we were fully mature beings, whether it's 18, 19, 20, whatever, and we stay that way. That's how we appear. And we have that ability also to flash it over that physical self into a fully spiritual self. And we can move up and down in density as we wish. But more than that, we become telepathic beings completely. We also have the ability move things around as we want we are complete controllers within the conscious of the divine plan and our life contract of the environment that we live in and we have technologies that basically exemplify all of that so we from our technology and who we are as beings are in control but not a control by itself there's the control has the responsibility within it of what the divine plan is we are after all Aspects of heaven in physicality. So what we are is no more than a being, a spiritual being, having a physical experience, and that's what. That I I think that phraseology by uh, Teilhard de Chardin is very important for people to understand it, as you raise it up to the next level, so to speak, of consciousness. We are spiritual beings having a human, but actually having a physical experience is the way I would like to call it. So we understand that the spiritual as well as the physical aspects of who and what we are.
1: The new children coming in, Sheldon, are they all connected up so that they have their Merkaba or the the field of uh, the flower of life in them already?
2: Right, they have it. We have that in it ourselves. We just have it a little more, you might say, mishmashed inside of us than they do because of the nature of as you go farther back, you get more dense. And so as you get more dense, the whole concept of how our RNA-DNA operates becomes a little more mishmashed. But we, we understand this. There are amazing stories that I've heard over the last few decades telling me about the wonders that these kids have done, and I realize that the level at which they're capable of doing this has increased as we have moved higher and higher in frequency. You know, it used to be that 7.8 hertz was the base energies of this physical self that we inhabit here. It's now almost to 13, which is the flashover frequency. So, we are moving up. They are coming in at this higher frequency. Because it's at a higher frequency, more of their stuff, their RNA, DNA, and the body spiritual essences are more integrated. So as a result of that, they are capable of pretty amazing things, and you will continually, when you have stories from people, about the amazing things that their kids can do. And so this is part of this process of change, and soon we will all, with the changes that we have of moving into full consciousness, all of that will be our gift that we give ourselves as well as we give each other. So I look at all of that and I'm just I'm wondered I'm frustrated by timings, but I I know what's happening and that helps me a lot to maintain from not getting too frustrated for too long.
1: <laughs> I wonder if the children are able to see the galactics and then don't are a, and they cannot tell us they see them.
2: Uh, They may decide because of their own inner wisdom from what they have seen that they may decide on their own or with one another because they have networks. One of the things that these kids do is produce neural networks, and I'm pretty well convinced that most of these kids have these neural networks with one another. And so they have decided that getting into this whole stuff about galactics is not yet right, so they will not talk about it too much. If they see these beings that are at higher frequency that are our medical teams, they're not going to suddenly walk up to their parents. and Can you see what's happening around you and talk about it? They decided that's not cool, so they don't.
1: Recently I had an experience where a young ch- child met with me on the timeline. I think I was kind of shocked because they live really close to us. And, um, and he's autistic Mm-hmm. And um, he just relayed that you know that that he's kind of stuck in this body at the moment, but he's really alert. And and I, I think I woke up. I couldn't. I just kind of blew me away that it was a child so close to our home.
2: Right. They're all there. Some of them have come in in a weird way and had some problems with chemicals, which is unfortunately what a lot of these shots that the doctors and nurses are giving them when they're first born. And so autism has risen. But inside, who they are are pretty advanced, pretty incredible beings. And at the right moment, that will all be uh, disentangled, you might say, and the, who they are will truly come out for everybody to see.
1: Because of the energies that they have within them, are they, are they able to trigger us um, more easily when the time arrives? Are they able to um, um, open up maybe part of the veil that, that we have that, that still exists around us?
2: A lot of the children they realize that at a certain time their job is going to be as way showers for their parents or their families and of course they understand that and at the appropriate time they will indeed be able to do that and they are anxious, they, but they have a timing. They have kinda of, you might say a an inner clock going on and they have a better understanding than we do of this whole process and so as a result they understand it better than we do. So and also they're younger, so their frustrations have not built in like we have. So they are, they understand it, and they're just anxiously awaiting at the right moment to act as the way-showers.
0: Have you personally um, communicated with any of these children?
2: Yes, I have. They're incredible beings. They're incredible beings. And you see them. I used to be able, when I was doing lectures a while ago, I would... Meet them. I would actually, you could see this kid uh, in this stroller, and he would actually be telepathic, and he would talk to you. He would understand who he was. He would understand where he came from and the relationship that he had to you in another life, etc. And he would explain that to you, or she would. It was very, it was very enlightening to see that these kids have all that stuff within them they just at the appropriate time do not throw their, uh, let's say, their telepathic abilities around except when they have to. Some of them have, of course, put voices in their heads of their parents when they're driving if some danger is happening and they will tell them to do certain things. And the parents instinctively, when they hear that loud voice, do that. They react to it. So. A lot of these kids have actually, if so, allowed by their guides to uh, alert people to dangers. And that is one of the things they have done. And one of the things they also, as I said, is uh, interact with me.
1: Hmm. Okay, we're coming kind of close to the end, and I really want people to realize that we are pre-taping this show and that Thursday evening you will be having your webinar, yeah, it's incredible. I I attended it on Sunday. Again, it's going to come on Thursday. It's coming, um, which it'll be 6 p.m. And when um, this program replays, it'll be on Thursday. So people can, uh, is there a particular hour that if they want to be able to listen to the webinar that say, you know, this show will end at 1 o'clock and so if they get in uh and they go to your your website powe dot com that's p a o web dot com and they and they uh, go there to be able to access the webinar and uh, sign up if they sign up say three o'clock or or no later than four will that work and sure. for people to be able to listen
2: sure, they'll be able to listen though we're on of course from from uh six to seven thirty on uh Specific daily specific okay. standard time okay.
1: Excuse me. okay
2: and it'll be on this Thursday right exactly
1: and be
0: on this Thursday right so um, so how much ahead of time do they have to sign up?
2: I would think they would should do it at least an hour to two hours before that would okay. be good And the best way to do it is to follow the directions uh, We have a premium web card. And that's how you do it and and so when they are there, just register, and if they're using PayPal to please follow directions when they come back, so they can get the links so they can then, at the appropriate time at six o'clock, uh, be able to uh, execute the links and, and be a part of the program, which I very much appreciate. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's really (laughs) (laughs) – okay, there's one question that um, I just want to be more specific about. At this time, you say that we have a carbon-based body, and we know that, and that we'll be going to a crystalline structure. For some reason, I think of a carbon-based body as being heavy.
2: (laughs) Right. Well, just don't look at carbon per se, Taz. Look at hydrocarbon. I've got a hydrocarbon organic compound body which has all these hydrocarbon compounds and other related uh, things that wind up as being uh, proteins and peptides and organic stuff that makes up hearts and livers, et cetera, that make who we are, skin, et cetera. And so don't look at that way. Look at, at these hydro-based carbons and all the other stuff that we have in there, every animal, every plant. Is made out of the same basic hydrocarbons, so that's okay. why when you study biology, you've got to study uh, hydrocarbon, uh, so-called organic chemistry.
1: Okay. So, but if we're going to a crystalline structure, what does that mean? I, I think of crystals as being, you know, heavy too.
2: Right. <laughs> well, I... think of it as energies. One of the things we have to understand is this. Okay. Well, we have this organic chemistry that makes up our physical cells. What's going to happen with this chemistry is the RNA-DNA, the lattice structures of it, are going to expand and create this incredible 12-sided star tetrahedron. It's going to flower out and flash over and create this crystalline energy. So then instead of looking at it like, for instance, a quartz crystal, this heavy rock thing, look at it as this highly vibrating like a tuning fork energy and it almost light like in its density and see this as dancing across and forming the basic figure form of who you are in other words mm-hmm. your body and see mm-hmm. that as just flashing over and becoming who you are so you're kind of between being what might be called a uh, an angel as we know angels these physical things you've probably seen on youtube <coughs> beings that are like angels they're just light in a certain form they have wings and all that stuff well just see you as becoming that kind of being and you can actually up or lower the density of that beingness so you become more physically dense or less you have the ability to rise and lower it's just like you have a thermometer you can up or or lower the the aspect of it and then see yourself as this shivering light energy that can then become brighter let's that means less dense, or dimmer, more dense. And see that all, because when you become fully conscious, one of the things you will always see around people is auras. So you will always see this light energy around you and around others. So just see that as your future. as a world filled with aura beings and who have greater or lower densities, in other words, brighter or less brighter essences, and interacting with them and you have the ability just by thought to go from one place to the other with that and just just see yourself in a whole new energy and this, don't worry about it being like a quartz crystal rock or the or <laughs> carbon base but look at your skin look at your body that's all organic compounds so understand that that's who we that's who you are
1: Great. You know, so it's a light. It's almost like a vibrating light. I guess a light energy is what you're saying. Then. Right,
2: right. If you would see uh-huh. light vibrating, just look at some instrument that has that. That would give you an idea of what we're talking about. Yeah. This strobe-like thing. And it becomes part of the process. And you, you're strobing at such high level that it doesn't, it doesn't bother your brain to, to acquire it and look at it and sense it. It's who you are and it's who everybody else is. And you just see that as normal. And one of the things that I did when I was in the ships, they would make themselves more dense. But every so often, they would expand upwards and they would say, this is what we normally look like. We just did the other thing for you because you're more used to seeing human beings in a certain way. And the angelic type self, which is what we normally exist in when we're normally in these ships is not comprehending easily to you, so they just shifted it temporarily. So they, I've seen them in both levels. And the beauty that we all have, we have our own frequencies and colors, you know. it's it, We're unique that way. So we have that individuation. So you see, it's like seeing a million different versions of how this energy can be put together to see a bunch of people together. And just think of that it's like this incredible kaleidoscope it's constantly moving and changing just view that and understand that that's what that's who you are that's what you're becoming and that's what all these fully conscious beings already have achieved and so just be one with that i mean when they did it to me once and i just looked around and i saw all these different colors and everything vibrating in these colors and they just you felt their, their love energy it's just like it's like a flower opening up they just suddenly revealed their full self and when they go farther down in density and they look like us that flower energy is still there but it's hidden a little more because we are more used to as limited conscious beings having that way that we view one another and so when you see the other one I really think that other one is really cool and that you know that you have that within you as well that's pretty cool to think about that's where you're going You can do that every
1: day, (laughs) Sheldon. I you know what we we want to thank you for your (laughs) yeah your deep insights. It's a lifetime of gathering. I you know I've been listening to you since '95, and you you got a few years ahead on me. (laughs) But (laughs) but it brings solace and great support to really know the truth as we make the journey together. And we thank you so much for your time. Um, It's really a blessing for us. Uh, Thank you for being with us today.
2: Right, and I want to thank uh, both of you for having me on, and I want to say a thank you in English and uh, Zazuman in Syrian. Thank you for <laughs> happy holidays as well, because as, we are approaching Christmas and the New Year's as well.
0: Mm, yes, happy God holidays you. to you.
2: Right, bye-bye. God bless yeah. you too. Yeah, okay, right. have a great day. Thank you again.
0: Thank you, you too. Bye. Right,
2: bye-bye. Negative. No, I don't have insurance, and I just didn't have a time to do
0: it. I didn't even know there was a deadline for the date. I think one of the important things.